governments around the world are trying to pressure North Korea through economic sanctions and military threats. But Dr. Eric Foley says the most powerful force that could affect North Korea isn't economic or military. But, but the one thing that the North Koreans have always insisted is terror against their state is the Christian message. So when we say, what can we do? It's not at all kind of a silly Christian dream that uh, missionary activity, that uh, the work of Voice of the Martyrs and supporting underground North Korean Christians, radio broadcasting, balloon launching, things that look foolish in the eyes of the world are considered still the greatest threat to the North Korean government by the North Korean government. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in the studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today with Dr. Eric Foley. He is the co-founder of our sister office in Seoul, Korea, VOM Korea. He's also the author of a book called These Are the Generations. Dr. Foley, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs oh, Radio. I, I'm so happy to be here. You know, I was just thinking, uh, I heard you've got now more than a thousand stations. I remember when you and I were together the first time, it was just your parents listening in the other room. But now it is excellent to we hear. We have grown. Our yeah. audience has grown. I, I think my parents still listen, yeah, but, but yeah. it's grown beyond oh, them. Praise God. No, that's awesome. The last time we talked, Eric, was last fall. Uh, and you mentioned at the time that 2018 had been the hardest year yes. in the history of UM Korea for balloon launches mm -hmm. and scripture delivery. At the end of that conversation, we asked our listeners, hey, pray about this, mm -hmm. pray for these scripture balloons. What's happened since then? How how have things changed or have they changed for the balloon launches and the scripture delivery? Well, we went home and we, we finished up the year. And uh, by the end of the year, as we tallied it up, more than 30,000 new Bibles have been placed into North Korea by balloon. Every, every launch, Todd, was, was miraculous in that way with the opposition that we were facing. And yet, you know, our commitment is not to lie. It's it's to to follow the, the rules of the government and however difficult they are. And so you say, well, if, if there's a, a ban on launching, how do you launch 30,000 Bibles according to the law? And my response is, I, looking back, I can't even, I can't even <laughs> figure it out myself. Creativity. <laughs> yeah. So we had this measurement now that's done from the, the, um, the government Department of Unification that when we started doing the balloon launching, literally 0% of people inside North Korea had ever seen a Bible with their own eyes. But now here we are all these years later, and now more than 8% of North Korean people have seen a Bible with their own eyes. Wow. And, and so we're, we're so thankful to Voice of the Martyrs and all of the Voice of the Martyrs supporters are the ones that, that Bible after Bible, year after year, no matter what the conditions are, make it possible for us to do that. So now here we enter in this new year of uh, balloon launching. The, the weather's been good. And um, interestingly, even the political weather, which we launch whether the political weather's good or bad, as you know, but the political weather has been a little bit in our favor because people are realizing something, aren't they, about this uh, so-called peace process and what North Korea is willing to do and not do uh, and what they mean by peace. That's what I think the world is realizing is, is that um, this is the same North Korean government with a little bit of a different face on it, but it's really not substantially different than what we have seen now for three generations. 
of the Kim family. And just for our listeners who maybe don't know, what we're talking about is launching balloons from outside of North Korea, whether Mm. it be South Korea or somewhere else, to float over into North Korea and come down with a Bible. That's right. Talk about why. When my wife and I co-founded Voice of the Martyrs Korea, with the support of Voice of the Martyrs here, we started talking to North Korean underground believers, and we said, what what do you need? Uh, Because, again, Voice of the Martyrs is not a missionary organization. We don't go into a country and do mission. We go to the church in that country, and we say, how can we stand with you and partner with you? And they said, well, there's two things that we need. (laughs) One is radio, and the other is balloons. So that's why (laughs) Voice of the Martyrs supports to this day the most powerful shortwave signal into North Korea. And now, as of last year, an AM radio broadcast and even a satellite channel because the church in the country right. said that's what, what they wanted to do. So we're acting really as proxy on their behalf. But when I say we, I should hasten to note, it's not as Americans that we do this. Voice of the Martyrs Korea is primarily composed of North Korean people. These are North Korean defectors who have come to South Korea, and they participate in two training schools that Voice of the Martyrs supports. One is underground technology. That's just something that's lost in the translation. You know what it is? It's personal discipleship training. Most South Korean churches don't know how to reach North Korean people. And then the other school is called Underground University, where we're training North Koreans to serve as missionaries wherever North Koreans are found. So they go out to all of these places, and they're doing evangelism of North Korean people, North Koreans evangelizing other North Koreans. But along the way, they're also doing things like the balloon launching, the radio broadcasting. So it's ministry that's done by the North Korean church to the North Korean church. Now, the balloons and radio, that's just the—we call that the air support for the most important work, which is the work that happens on the ground inside of North Korea and in the uh, areas surrounding that. That's a little bit harder to talk about, and of course, uh, Voice of the Martyrs always has been good to pray about it a lot and talk about it a little. It's something that I emphasize in the These Are the Generations book. The North Korean underground church is not waiting for a regime change. They're not waiting for this current government to blow over. They've continued to advance the gospel for more than 70 years in the teeth of what is arguably the worst persecution in human history. So um, that, that air support that we provide is, is, is only designed to augment what it is that they continue to do on the ground. We're talking on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Eric Foley. He is the co-founder and the leader of Voice of the Martyrs Korea. He's also the author, as he mentioned, of a book called These Are the Generations. If you come to vomradio.net, we'll give you a link to get a copy of that book. Eric, also, since we met last time, President Trump and Mm -hmm. Kim Jong-un have met again, this time in Vietnam. The reviews were not near as glowing this time around as their first time they met. But does any of that change Mm -hmm. anything on the ground in North Korea, yeah. for, for, not, for not people in North Korea. Not at all. You know, it's it's not to undermine the importance of nations meeting together and trying to uh, uh, work together and come to international agreements, but it's just really important to note that none of that process has had an impact on what's happening on the ground in the day-to-day ordinary life of North Korean people. That's what's so challenging, I think, for Americans to understand is, is that when President Trump laid out to, uh, a vision to Kim Jong-un and said, you know, you can be like Vietnam here. You can have this very wealthy country where people are prosperous, it's hard for Americans to understand why would North Korea not want to make that day-to-day difference uh, for people on the ground in North Korea? And the strange answer to that question is that North Korea, the government is better understood as a mafia. 
right? A government provides services to its people. It provides education and trash pickup and things like that. A mafia controls a territory. And so Americans have always struggled with that, Todd. I think when, when we see North Koreans that are starving, we say, oh, let's send food. It's inconceivable to us that the North Korean government actually values it's advertising. I know that it sounds very sick to say it, but that's what it is. A starving person is an advertisement that says, this is what happens to you when you are not loyal and useful to the government. And so Kim Jong-un is not dreaming of a day when his people are prosperous. What the, the continual message of the North Korean government is, we need security guarantees. We need to make sure that our upper elite, the, the, the 30% or so of North Korean people who live a pretty good life in North Korea, can continue to live that pretty good life. That's the enticement. How can they live a better life? And it has never signaled anything by way of improvement for the other 70% right. of the people. Building hotels and having lots of tourism doesn't really no, it filter doesn't. into their thinking at no, all. not at all. Is there any anything that could happen outside of North Korea that would change things on the ground? Is there any diplomatic pressure? Is there sure. any well, country let me, Yeah, that, let, me, let, me, let me quote uh, the illustrious Kim Il-sung, the founder of the North <laughs> Korean state. I'll tell you what he said, Todd. He said, quote, only Christianity can cut the root of our communism, end quote. And it was, wow. a, it was an admonition that he passed on to Kim Jong-il, and Kim Jong-il, no doubt, passed it on to his son, because that is why, you know, every year North Korea has, a, has to provide a response to the to UN on religious freedom issues. And that's why they wrote in 2015, they wrote about uh, missionaries as committing acts of terror, so when you say, what can be done outside of North Korea? Well, you know, what North Korea says is the answer to that question is, is that what missionaries are doing is constitutes terrorism in relation to North Korea. So in North Korea, you've got two systems of justice. You've got a common law system with crimes like murder and uh, rape and uh, theft. And then you've got crimes against the state. And the crimes against the state are crimes against the dignity of the Kim family. So it is not an exaggeration when we as Christians say that in North Korea it is worse to be a Christian than a rapist. It's worse to be a Christian than a murderer. It's worse to be a Christian than a thief. So when and, we say— And in the minds of the regime, us sending Bibles into North Korea is worse than us sending bombs or, or launching missiles right. into North yeah, Korea. Yeah, it was an interesting article. It was done in—what um, uh, was that? It was National Review magazine, I think, this past month. They were saying that military people know this. The threat about North Korea is not nuclear. It's those tunnels that you yourself have been in uh, that go underneath from north to south. South Korea has discovered four of those, but there's literally more than 100 is what, what uh, military analysts say that can move 30,000, 40,000 ground troops in. And so the nuclear issue has, has captured all the attention. Um, but when we really ask the question, the people in the know, what are they noticing? They're noticing things like conventional troop activity. They're noticing things like that the, the radio signals that are jammed the most are not Radio Free Asia, not Voice of America. It's true voice of the martyrs radio. And so the reason why is, is that the North Korean state is very well designed to withstand basic military attacks, economic sanctions. I mean, those are, those are obviously having an impact, but uh, nobody's forecasting the imminent economic collapse of North Korea as a result of these sanctions. But, but the one thing that the North Koreans have always insisted is terror against their state is the Christian message. So when we say, what can we do? It's not at all kind of a silly Christian uh, dream that uh, missionary activity, that uh, the work of Voice of the Martyrs and supporting underground North Korean Christians, radio broadcasting, balloon launching, things that look foolish in the eyes of the world are considered still the greatest threat to the North Korean government by the North Korean government. Yeah, and it's interesting. They recognize that and 
many of us don't. And we don't. don't. We don't. We, because, unfortunately, we've been conditioned to think of Christianity as primarily a personal faith. That's true as far as it goes, isn't it? Our personal relationship to Jesus is essential for our salvation. But we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we sometimes miss that universal dimension of the Christian faith here in the U.S., but they sure don't miss it in North Korea. And in fact, they even use that kind of language. They borrow from that language when they're describing their leaders. And I want to talk about that because I know in April— there were some things that happened relating to Kim Jong-un's oh, yeah, right. status as a, as a divine being or on his way to being a divine yeah, being. Yeah, you know, um, Todd, it's interesting because one of the things that it's important to, to remember is, is that when North Koreans worship uh, Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il, part of the reason they worship them is because they're dead. Um, North Korea is a very Confucian culture, and so they worship their ancestors, and they see Kim Jong-il and Kim Il-sung as as their primary ancestors. And just for our listeners, I I want you to understand, when Eric says worship, he means worship. worship. Just uh, from, from kindergarten, the children are taught before they sit down to a meal to say, thank you, Father Kim Il-sung, for our food. So we're not talking about just they a, revere a, him or no. they think he's a great guy. Right. We're talking, they worship we're him. We're talking about the North Korean hymnal. The North Korean government hymnal was 600 songs of praise to Kim Il-sung. We had a guy, his, his mother was uh, martyred uh, as an underground Christian, and uh, so uh, he escaped from North Korea. And we had him in the U.K. speaking some years ago. And the congregation was, as he was getting ready to go up and give his testimony about his mom and his life, uh, the congregation sang the song, How Great Thou Art. And he freaked out, and he said to us, why are they singing that song? We said, no, it's a Christian song. He said, really? And we said, yeah. And he said, that's the song we sang when Kim Il-sung died. And they sang it, How Great Thou Art, only they were singing it to him. To him. So, uh, no, it's not a metaphor at all when we say worship. I mean, there's 40,000 statues of Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. But, again, you won't find statues yet of Kim Jong-un, nor would you find the word worship to be used because he's still alive. That's why... Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il's birthdays are remembered, but not yet Kim Jong-un's. His birthday may be commemorated while he's still alive, but they wouldn't begin to worship him until the point at which he died. But, you know, that doesn't stop them he from making all— He did get a promotion. All, yeah, though. right, exactly. <laughs> so this is, this is from the North Korean state media. This is translated into English, but uh, as of um, April 18th, Kim Jong-un is an unusually bold and courageous leader who is a gift from heaven— a gift from heaven. Isn't that an interesting phrase? And uh, he is, again, this is a quote, he is perfect and entrancing. His boldness and audacity cannot be matched by any mortal. I, this is my personal favorite one. He is an aggressive tank driver who tightly grips the control stick and pushes the steel horse through steel, st- through storms and gales. When he was three years old, he... Um, quoting, demolished 10 targets one second apart. He then, at the age of three, what were you doing at the age of three, Todd? Yeah, it's, it's hard to I remember. Was, <laughs> he was Kim Jong-un was writing poetry in Chinese because he has mastered no fewer than seven languages. <laughs> so this is, this is, again, the word worship is not misplaced. It's not saying that they, they revere him. I guess you could use the word revere related to Kim Jong-un, but the, the word worship would be applied to Kim Il-sung. North Korea is still the only necrocracy in the world, the only state ruled officially by a dead man. Kim, it's not, you would never say that Kim Jong-un was the leader of North Korea. You would say Kim Il-sung was the eternal president of North Korea. So it's always hard finding titles for the, you know, Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un, to find titles for these guys, because president belongs to Kim Il-sung right. and always will. Tank driver in chief. Maybe yeah, right. That's, be, yeah. Because yeah. he's obviously really good with the tank. So 
how do we pray in, in the midst of all this, yeah. in, in the midst of, you know, international pressure not really making a difference, in the midst of the sort of de- almost deification of yeah. Kim Jong-un, the exaltation of Kim Jong-un, how do we pray for North Korea during this time? Well, uh, we founded Voice of the Martyrs Korea 18 years ago, so we're like the grandparents in North Korean ministry now. You know, it's just, this is not a ministry a lot of people do for a long time. But So I think when we say, how can we pray for them? I think one of the things that we can pray is, is that God continues to do what he's done consistently in these 70 years, which is he is always appearing in the most amazing ways. You know, in the Middle East, Todd, they, they, they get dreams and visions of Jesus. We haven't heard as many dreams and visions of Jesus, but we do see miraculous healings happening in North Korea. And so I think one of the things that we can pray is that, it, it's, you know, we, we have to pray as people who are on the advance, right? So I think too often we pray as people who are on the retreat, and we say, you know, God, preserve the soldiers as they're retreating, and, you know, strengthen what remains, and, you know, the, all of those prayers are, are true as far as they go. But let's pray that God continues this this <laughs> merciless onslaught yeah. of the gospel in North Korea. <laughs> I mean, since, as, as I think about it, pray that God continues to use the most amazing tools, even the, from non-Christians, like from Bollywood, to, to, to reach into North Koreans' hearts. North Koreans aren't talking about Kim Jong-un going to Hanoi. They're saying, hey, did you see that Bollywood movie? This is this building. It's got a cross and all these people singing and dancing inside of that. So let's pray that God continues to do that. You know, I like to point to the fact that North Korea burned every Bible in that period from 1948 through the end of the 1960s. And yet, here the 1970s start, and as the international community begins to peer over North Korea's shoulder and say, hey, what's happening inside your country there? Uh, and, and they begin to raise accusi- accusations saying there's no religious freedom in North Korea, that it was the North Korean government that said, hey, let's get together and do the best translation of the Bible that's ever been done in any dialect of the Korean language. And they did. And it doesn't have a hint of bias in it, because if it did, it would, it would invalidate their claim. Right. right. So this is a great translation. They pulled in descendants of the original missionaries. They pulled in Greek and, and, and Hebrew scholars. They did this translation, United Bible Societies, Korean Bible language. They all laud it as the best translation of the Bible ever done into to any, any Korean uh, dialect. Yet they only ever made a couple hundred copies of that. And so uh, the, uh, one of the first things that we did, people always say, do you smuggle Bibles into North Korea? We say, that's easy. The hard thing was smuggling the first one out. <laughs> so we got one of those few hundred copies, and we typeset it. And since then, uh, you know, every year for the last 18 years, we've been sending that in literally in the tens of thousands. And, Which, so, and yet they're so angry about it. It's their translation, right. and, and yet and they're so mad according that you're to, sending you know, it back According in. to their constitution, it's the freedom of religion. According to their words to the United Nations, it's their Bible. And we're saying, look, all we're doing is sending it back oh, in. Yeah. We think you're too modest. <laughs> so, you know, that's why, as I say, let's pray that God continues to do stuff. People always want to see that kind of stuff happens in the U.S. Um, God is, you know, he's got so many ways to reach people in the U.S., but North Korea— where the ways are so limited, that's where he, he's doing his, his prime work. So always remember the North Korea, the most close country on earth, is the only country on earth where Bibles fall from the sky. 
<laughs> right? So that's what I want people to pray, is just pray that God is going to continue to use Bibles falling from the sky and Bollywood films. And, you know, I, one of the other ones, I think it's one of my favorite stories to tell, just happened, in fact, was you know, so many, you know, we know, we, we share through Voice of the Martyrs the names of the martyrs whenever we can. We've had 36 martyrs in Voice of the Martyrs Korea history of men and women on our team whose families through Voice of the Martyrs uh, support us here in the U.S. It still help us care for those families. That's an important part of our ministry. But there are so many people whose names we don't know who have kept the gospel alive. So uh, we got the, we got access uh, from our contacts inside North Korea to this video that was done by the North Korean state security agents, and it's a video condemning all kinds of superstition. In the video, they tell the story of this woman. Her name is Cha Cha Dok-sun. Cha Dok-sun, uh, last name Cha, so Dok-sun is her first name. And we tell her story in the newsletter, and uh, the, the story is that uh, she was starving. She had no hope. Like many North Koreans during the famine, she learned that if you went to China, you could find a building with a cross on top of it and, 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 and get help. Uh, she did. And so uh, what I'm telling you comes from the video done by the North Korean government condemning superstition. <laughs> so they're telling the story. They show this church. They're playing this ominous music, right? right? And so don't uh, go to one of these, right? So she goes, and and her mind is perverted by the superstition of Christianity. She comes back, and because she's so pitiful, North Korea, you can't travel from city to city because you have to have a passport to do that. You know, we we have passports to travel from country to country. North Korea, you got to get them stamped to go from city to city. She didn't have that, but because she was this poor woman, uh, they just ignored her and they let her go from place to place. And so the video describes how she raised up these groups of believers who were meeting in the forest, meeting in this person's home, and they show the forest spot, they show the home where they met, and they, and they show her picture. Wow. So the North Korean government preserved for us perfectly through, through the woman's name, through the pictures, the story of her martyrdom. And that's one of the stories that we're sharing in the newsletter. And in fact, uh, really exciting. We're going to be showing the video and it's going to be subtitled. So you'll be able to hear everything that I just described. So keep an eye on, on that for, through the VOM video channels. Once again, amazing how God works. God works through the North Korean government to yeah. have this great translation of the Bible. God works again through the North Korean government to preserve and the share the of story this of this martyr. Yeah, right. As we close out, how can we pray for VOM Korea? My specific prayer request I really feel like the Lord has put on my heart this time is pray that God continues to raise up the next generation of Voice of the Martyrs Korea leadership. I mean, my wife and I are going to continue to do this until the Lord puts us in the ground. But, you know, we're, we're so grateful because God is raising up young people in our ministry. And even our, uh, <laughs> we, even our receptionists go out on the balloon launches that we do. Wow. And so, uh, you know, we have a tough-as-nails team. So pray for our team. A lot of—we're so blessed. Dr. Foley and I are blessed. People pray for us by name from Voice of the Martyrs. So please pray for the rest of the Voice of the Martyrs team, our, our 22 headquarters staff who are going out with North Korean students. Pray for our underground university and underground technology students. The program names remain the same, but that's just like saying that Harvard and Yale remain the same. It's a new crop of students for us every year. So our school year started again in February, and our students are already out in the field doing their thing. I can't name their names or the names of our staff, but pray for our staff and students. Uh, pray for the, the, the North Koreans who are coming to our discipleship basis. Pray that God will find them faithful wherever he puts them. 
Amen. We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Eric Foley. He is the co-founder and the leader of Voice of the Martyrs Korea. If you're just now joining us, you can go to vomradio.net and you can listen to this whole conversation as well. We'll give you a link to Dr. Foley's book, These Are the Generations. And uh, Dr. Foley, it is always such a pleasure to have the chance to converse. I, I love the nation of North Korea. I haven't mm-hmm. been able to go, uh, but I find it endlessly fascinating. And uh, the believers there that you work with, thank you for your work. Todd, few people have been as, as um, eloquent advocates for North Korean underground church as you have. So on their behalf, thank you wow. personally for the work you do and for Voice of the Martyrs and its supporters for continuing to share the story of the martyrs in North Korea. It is absolutely my honor and and privilege, really, to be able to serve in this way. You've been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Our guest, Dr. Eric Foley, has been on the program before. To hear the archives and get more of his insight about North Korea, you can visit vomradio.net. Simply search for Foley or search for Korea, and you will pull up those episodes. You heard Dr. Foley talk about stories that are coming up in the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter. And you can get that newsletter for free. Again, just visit us at vomradio.net and look for the newsletter sign-up button there. In Hebrews, we read how the Word of God is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Next week, we're going to hear how the power of God's Word is affecting countries across Asia. You'll hear about efforts to get this powerful tool into the hands and the heads and the hearts of people who desperately need it. You'll be encouraged by that conversation, so be back next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.